Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex. Grab your pointy sticks and watch out for vampire monkeys. We're landing in episode number 248. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? I'm good. Good. How are you? Good. Tired. We never ask him how he is, do we? He always <laughs> no. how we are. We never say, how are you? How are you how feeling, How are you, Keith? I'm exhausted. Tell me about your mother. Um. <laughs> <laughs> or Freud there. Yeah. I was born a poor black child. I was born at a very early age. (laughs) (laughs) Still on overnights, still exhausted from them. It's like there's a light at the end of the tunnel, though, there. And it's not a train. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I expected it to be a train. Could be, but (laughs) it gets a little closer. Maybe you'll be able to tell. Yeah. What's in the news, Keith? So, Philip Morris is at it again. (laughs) (laughs) But not quite the same way he's at it previously. Uh, he recently, uh, over the past weekend, has was at the, oh, what's the name of it? A convention. <laughs> Pandorica 2015 convention being held in Bristol. And said that um, episode three of the Web of Fear does exist. Unfortunately, it was pretty much stolen from him before it could be returned to the UK. Uh, he says the negotiations for the return of the episodes took over six months when the episodes were finally returned to the UK, episode three had vanished. Uh, he believes that after word of the find leaked out, an offer was made to a member of staff at the Nigerian station, and that the episode had been sold to a private collector. Which explains a lot to why he was very livid about all the leaks and all the information, yeah. because I think he knew that was going to make it really difficult to hold on to those. So if, in fact, that's true... It I certainly have, I, does I justify his frustration over the internet leak, and that's why we just need to be quiet and wait and be patient. But, yeah, I I have no reason to believe it's not true. Uh, he's not, I, as far as in my memory, he has not come out and been like, "Yes, these exist," and then nothing happened with them. I mean, he's never flat out said these are the ones that existed. So the fact that he said that about episode three makes me believe that. Right, and it's a shame. It is a shame. Hopefully that private collector will come to their senses and return it to the BBC. I, I have one thing to say on the subject, which is directed at the collector, and most of what I would like to say I will not, because this is a family <laughs> podcast. But I will say shame. Well, there's Shame on you, you individual. I don't care if it's for your collection they're, or not. They're it's, a collector. They're not a Who fan. Yeah. What it boils yeah. down to. They saw, oh, I can make money off of Actually, this. Actually, I hate to even call it a collector. I like yeah. to call him an opportunist. Yeah, that's a better word for it. You're, you, you are... Maybe only marginally better than that guy who's charging all that money for the AIDS vaccine right now. Right. But not much. No, not much at all. Because he at least changed his stance and decided to bring the price down somewhat. You're both low forms of life, and I hope you burn in hell with people who talk through the movie. (laughs) (laughs) The special hell. The special hell. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say on that all right, another I'll bit of wound up. <laughs> we, we don't want that. I'm putting the soapbox away before I even get it out. Another bit of news, which Glenn understands more than at least I do. Uh, uh, RTD has, was recently at the Radio Times Festival talking about things and talked about the BBC and the license fee, etc. And it was going to go under review, if you remember, recently. Um, he said... Uh, 
Speaking of the future of the BBC, uh, I'm trying to find the exact quote. couple of high-class dramas, no news, no soaps, no weather, no radio station. Google their schedules and see if that's what you want. Um, meaning that was in reference to American Premium Network, HBO, and other subscribers getting what they get for their money. Um, where was the quote about the BBC? Basically, it sounds like the bat- he, he thinks the battle's already lost, that the BBC will not get the funding it needs, partially because of the HBO format. Which is also interesting because recently it hasn't been fully confirmed by the BBC, but it's been, uh, it's I think slightly leaked. I can't remember, I couldn't find the article and I have to go back to look it up. That the BBC was looking at releasing a streaming service for the US for all their shows. I don't know anything about that, so they <laughs> don't know. Glenn, do you want to delve into the BBC stuff? No, I just I, I perused that article briefly, and it just I got the impression from it that RTD was pretty much saying the BBC's dead, dead in the water, um, as far as having you know having private funding from the government or not private funding, public gun funding from the government. So which doesn't? I mean, I think a lot of people are. I, I understand people in the UK are very upset because I think the BBC is a British institution, and I think they yeah. would be remiss to lose it. Um, on the other hand, Doctor Who will survive it because somebody will pick it up. I mean, they, uh, the, so you think they'll ship uh, sh- or shop around the shows? Yeah, I would assume. I would, I would. I would bet. If anything, BBC has a good chunk. BBC America has a good chunk of money in Doctor Who now, and I BBC America is not going to let the show die. So at the very least, it'll stay here. And if anything, they'll syndicate it out to some place in the UK, which is sad for the UK because it it untethers it from its history. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, it's not like, it's not like Dr. Who will go away. I think it'll just, it'll be reshaped and it'll evolve and regenerate. Yeah. Revolve, evolve and regenerate. <laughs> I think it's still too early until Congress actually yeah. does something, but it, it, it sounds like from RTD and others that it's pretty much, Dead in the water. Well, that, that I, I, there's I no interest if, in, in Parliament to keep it afloat. The way RTD is talking, I wonder if it's if there if the idea is more to go for the BBC like an HBO service instead of well, that's what the, what, the news and the what, radio and what, all of everything. The idea is for it to be kind of privatized and a subscription based, so that yeah. it's paid for by the viewers as opposed to paid for by the taxpayers. Yeah. So if Which you use it, then you BBC get it. News is such a high uh, established news organization right. and so very well trusted. Yeah, that's true. So from a journalistic standpoint to think that might go away is a shame or become lessened because of becoming a private subscription service. That's true. Our last bit of news, get your uh, shelves of toys ready. You can now add Missy to the line. They are going to be releasing two Five-and-a-half-inch scale figures for Missy, one in the purple outfit and one in the black outfit. I saw a picture of them sitting side-by-side. Side. Yeah. They look, they look pretty good. They do look good. I'm not sure if I like Missy's grin in the black outfit, but the molding looks great. Did you know she's married to Jim Davenport? Uh-uh. He was Steve in uh, Coupling and yeah, he was yeah. in the Pirates films. Huh. <laughs> I didn't know I that didn't know this that. weekend. Yeah. Apparently you they... know who that is? I know. I haven't watched it yet. Um, you've seen the Pirates movies. He was... Um, he was uh, the he, guy that was in love with uh, Elizabeth, 
that ended up helping them get them Not onto. Jim yeah, no, uh, it's John. Oh, Dev, the Commodore. That's the guy's name. Yeah, no, no, the other guy was he wasn't the Commodore. It was the guy. It was kind of his second in command, wasn't it? Or was he the Commodore? No, he was the Commodore. Okay. He was so the one who was, was fighting Will Turner for effect. He was also in yes. Flash Forward. Okay. Yes. Yeah, he was in Flash Forward. <laughs> you watched that? Yeah. The, I watched was, the okay. first. Yeah, until they announced the second season. And I went, okay, I'm done with this show. Because once again, you can't take a book and do a, <sighs> a multi Just do one season and call it good. No. Anyway. He was the Commodore. Yeah, you're right. They are married? Yeah, they're married. Married, married. married. And I think Jack they have at least Jack. That's it. Yeah. At least has They at least have one kid. I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know that either. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. The Commodore. Commodore. For some reason, I was Good on you, he Commodore. was second in command with the, to the Commodore. But well, I mean, technically, he took his orders from the governor. But maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Okay. And then later from the East India Trade Company, and then later from yeah, <laughs> he took a lot of orders from a lot of people until he finally went, screw this guy. Yeah, there was an interview with her, <coughs> and she was talking about they live in the U. They you live in the U.S. And she talked about how it's much more difficult for her to get work here than it is over there. And unfortunately, because they live here and she can get jobs over there, she has to, you know, go back and forth quite a bit. So, um, yeah, it's, well, that was quite a surprise. I didn't know that. Here's a cool little feature. If you get both toys, you can swap their heads. Their heads are interchangeable. So you can, if you want one head on a different body, you can do that. Why would you do that? Have different hairdos or something? Well, one has a hat. Ah. So if you want the hat on the black <laughs> outfit, you could swap them. Ah. Did she wear the hat with the black outfit at some point? I don't know. I don't know. I have to go back <laughs> and rewatch so the episode. I don't know. I think it's kind of neat. What's the point of that? Because I don't like her smile in the one, but I like the black outfit. You <laughs> <laughs> well, just make the hat you. removable. That would be an option, too. That's it for news. She's also on Twitter, if uh, you guys didn't have yeah, She did just, just, join, yeah. just joined Twitter. So. And said she wants to play the character forever. <laughs> yep. I can understand why it looks like she's having a ball. So those uh, Missy figures will look great next to your uh, re- recently released five and a half inch Peter Capaldi figure that came out. And the curator. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. He really should come with his own Dalek and be one of those sets. Yeah. Who? Curator? The curator. <laughs> he comes with the painting. I know. You don't need a Dalek. <laughs> you got the painting. <laughs> because what is the painting wouldn't lenticular? want to play with a painting, sure. said That's no we, one we ever. We talked. We discussed that. Was it okay? <laughs> we, we asked if it was lenticular. Nobody's ever looked it up to see it. I haven't seen it in person yet. I was waiting. How about our Doctor Who legacy tip of the week? Sean's got a tip this week. Sean, I have a tip this week. What's your tip this week? A couple fold. Uh, first of all, if you have been following along with the newsletters, you know that uh, it is 150% experience in the fan area from now through Christmas. So that's a great time to beef up your uh, your players and uh, uh, whatnot. Also, uh, we're obviously uh, uh, hip deep in the middle of Season 9, and they are releasing content weekly to go along with it. Uh, the Witch's Familiar releases later tonight, if I'm not mistaken. If it hasn't already. If it hasn't already. Um, this is kind of the important one, is you should jump on those when they release and play them, because there's a character drop uh, in each one of those levels. Well, for the first, like, 48 hours, it's guaranteed. 100%. 100% drop. After that, it switches over to a rare drop, 
and you got to work obviously a lot harder to get them knocked out. So hit them early and and uh, get what's coming to you. Yeah, play early and play often. That's your Doctor Who legacy. Tip of the week. All right, let's move on to feedback. First up in feedback is Crystal. Crystal says, Doctor Who time equals life is good. Smiley face. <laughs> Hello, everyone at Traveling the Vortex. I know it's been a while since I sent some feedback. Oops. Stupid college papers getting in the way. Better late than never. I thought I'd give my thoughts on episode nine, or season nine, episode one of Doctor Who, and I loved it. I watched it with my little sister, and she was not happy. She has to wait a week for the next episode. <laughs> I love Missy in this episode. I'm glad this, I'm glad Stephen Moffat made Missy say it was a friendship with the Doctor and nothing more. I was going to throw my Surface Pro across the room if she had said she was in love with him. <laughs> Stephen Russell, too, in my opinion, likes the women to be in love. And Oh, Stephen Russell, too, in my opinion, likes the women to be in love and not as strong. I want more sci-fi and adventure, less romantic in my Doctor Who. Love that Davros is back. He is one of my favorite villains in Doctor Who. Just as just the whole episode was fantastic, as my favorite Doctor would say. Not one complaint about the episode. I loved it. I was so sad that Clara was going to be leaving Doctor Who, but looking forward to a new companion. I can't wait until the wait till the next episode of Doctor Who. Looking forward to your guys' review on this episode. From longtime listener, not much of a feedbacker, Crystal. <laughs> Thank you, Crystal. Thank you, Crystal. Good to hear from you. Sorry those papers have been getting you down. And Crystal actually sent this out before to us before yes. the new episode released. So before which is they luckily addressed the whole love thing <laughs> this week, I think. So maybe that satisfied her a little bit. Yeah. Up next in feedback is Lisa. Lisa writes, comment question, hello travelers. Hope everyone is enjoying the return of Doctor Who. My view on both these episodes, loads of callbacks to the fifth Doctor. The Master slash Missy messing with airplanes. The Doctor no longer has a screwdriver. The Dalek weapon weapon. The Doctor is coming up short and feeling ashamed for not having found a better way. Clara in the Dalek. Scary, but otherwise a bit of genesis of the Dalek and listen combined. Why is Clara hanging upside down, besides showing off nipple zippers? No idea, other than another item on the positions to tick off for Clara Jenna. What was with the info dumps by Missy? What was with that transporter thing story? More importantly, why? It's a TV show, not a documentary. If you need explanations of why things happen, make them up yourself. It just seems like everyone's trying a bit too hard to be cool. Sonic sunglasses belongs with the invisibility watch in the bin. Looking forward to the underwater episode next week and the rest of the series because it seems that Moffat is going to be leaving and he's visiting old friends and monsters before he goes. Making sure he has fixed things from the past as well as set the Doctor up for a long future. I've enjoyed his era and if he is leaving after the Christmas special, which appears to be his spelling out for everyone exactly what the Doctor and Rivers' relationship has been will be, I wish him even greater success. It's cold on the coast, most almost frosty last night, so enjoy the uh, warmth and heat while you have it, because I had to get my jacket out and I haven't worn that in two or more years. <laughs> Live larger, dream bigger, Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. It wasn't until Lisa brought up the, the parallels to the Fifth Doctor's era that I, I didn't, uh, yeah. really, it didn't yeah. occur to me. 
Yeah, too. I kind of thought it, it's a little bit well episode. Losing the screwdriver, I think I, I think sort of equated me, to it. That's what um, made me think the airplanes. I hadn't thought about that. What was the uh, was it? Time flight was that the Concorde one? Uh, yeah, I believe yes. so. And then uh, the one that took me a little bit was the Dalek weapon weapon, but she's referring to the gun. Yeah, that that the humans. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That was very interesting. And yeah, that's I, great insights. I had those are things that I had not thought of. I had sort of wondered about Clara hanging upside down, but I think that was just that's just more back guano Missy and her power trouble, you know, control. I think what Missy's done in these last two episodes specifically is one upped Clara as far as being a control freak, as far as being <laughs> making yeah. sure that she, it's it's conveyed that she's in control. And I think that's just a, I think it's a Missy trait, and I think that's just a product of that so. and her being slightly nuts. Yeah. And as far as the uh, transporter thing story, I think it, it was their way of trying to explain how Missy survived last season and this season. Yeah, it was, it was all kind of what we suspected. But I have a thought on that, but I'll say that. <laughs> what it sort of told me was that she basically was taking her cues from what the doctor had done in the past. Yeah, I kind of like the way that they did it in the way that. You know, it doesn't matter which doctor you imagine when you when I tell you this story. And so they showed four, one, and then yeah. let's do the eyebrows. So we'll stick with the eyebrows. But that was kind of a clever yeah. way to play it. So I like that too. I did do a little bit of a eye roll for the Sonic sunglasses, but whatever. I, like, I think I think I Moffat like, can have indulgements every once in a while. Yeah, I just hope it becomes doesn't become too overused. I like the idea of twelve without a Sonic in general, even. Sonics. I like the sunglasses on them. I'm not a big fan of them being Sonic. I can sort of see that being a Capaldi <laughs> mention. Um, you know, we should get rid of this screwdriver. You can have Sonic sunglasses. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to bet, honestly. I mean, this, this is from the man that brought us the Sonic cane. Yeah. I, I'm willing to bet it's just a one-off and it's a joke and we won't really. I mean, yes, he's I bet going the to sunglasses wear the sunglasses. Will come back but, just, he just won't use them as Sonics. Right. Which I'm okay with that. Because if they become a get-out-of-jail-free card that now he can just wear on his face, then it's going to be okay. Well, this is more Sonic Screwdriver. I mean, admittedly, there is a certain amount of logical progression to that. For the same reason that Star Trek went from a pull-out flip communicator to a piece of jewelry that you wear on your uniform. It just made sense that it's it's with you wherever you go. (laughs) We'll see. If it gets overused, I think it'll be silly. But for a quick one-off funny, I think it was fine. Yeah. Well, shall we move on to in-feedback? Up next is Holly. Holly writes, The Witch is familiar. Hey, guys. Wow. I am feeling... Oh, I feel like I'm starting this letter off the same as last week. Where Where to start? We get really great scenes with Clara and Missy, not even a mention of the scene that happened between the Doctor and Davros, not even to mention the scenes that happened between the Doctor and Davros. Though I have to say Davros and Missy both win the award for very lying very conceivingly I can't read tonight, guys. Though I have to say Davros and Missy win the award for lying very convincingly to the Doctor. Sonic sunglasses? What will the Doctor think of next? Didn't see the ending coming with the dead sewer Daleks coming back and taking their revenge on the ones that were still living. No, So hard to say how many Daleks will be left standing after it's all said and done. I'm also wondering why Clara's time as Oswin, trapped in the Dalek of a, in Asylum of Daleks, wasn't brought up. Unless it will pay off later. Plus, the scene with the Doctor and young Davros was good. Now we have to see how that pays off later and down the line. My spidey sense have some my spidey sense have some wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff 
might be in the offering with the in scene. Well, I'll wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on this episode. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thanks, Holly. I wondered that, too, about uh, Asylum of the Daleks. So you weren't the only one thinking that. I don't think it'll pay off later. I think it was just a cool, <laughs> see what I did there. Make you think you're going to do this, go one way, it's a yeah. misdirection thing. My humble opinion, but... What? Back up. What are you referring to? Clara in the Dalek. What about it? About it leading towards Asylum of the oh, Daleks? No, or I don't think it'll lead... Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. No, there's a whole other reason why they did yeah, that. Yeah, no, no. I mean, Mel and I both went, oh, maybe this is, you know, half the thing. See, I, I think know, that... It's not going to be that, that way, okay. but... Well, I'll talk about it a little later, but I think that was calculated then. I'll play that into my premonition. So. Ooh. There was a reason why a she premonition. was Premonition. There's a reason why she was in that Dalek. And a I'll explain. Premonition, he says. <laughs> I'll explain. Is this an envelope? Yeah, hey, I figured out this week's episode, so. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I was a little concerned <laughs> because I got, as this went along, I thought, oh, maybe I'm way off the mark on this. <laughs> And then it paid off at the end. So I, I, I also when he started counting down, I went, "Yes, I got it." <laughs> <laughs> and and, and but just, just for the record, so that it is on the record, I'm loath to say this. You were right because when we went back and watched <laughs> bodies don't vaporize, they, they vaporize with the doctors. Where were the I, I think it was the reality bomb is what I was thinking of. That yes, those people turned into they did smoke, go. But, but the Dalek rays are still just glow in the dark and then dead body. <laughs> okay. Damn it, Glenn was right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, more on that coming. Yes. I suppose we probably should have sounded the, the spoiler warning earlier than the feedback. I didn't think about I that. I think we have to sound Not, spoiler yeah, warning. We, we gave the spoiler when last week. When it is aired, where it's pre-game. Who's next? next is Alex. Alex writes, the only other chair on Scaro. <laughs> Hey guys, Alex here. Well, it's been quite a while, hasn't it? I honestly can't remember the last time I wrote in. I think it was around about a year ago? Who knows? Anyway, with the new series airing, I thought this would be a good time to chime in and let you know I'm still traveling the Vortex along with you, albeit at a slightly slower pace. Between starting university last September and getting my first proper job this summer, I've had an extremely busy year, so I haven't been quite been able to keep on top of the following... Of, uh, on top of following the show week to week. I'm currently listening to your reviews of Warzel Gummidge. Gum, 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 I can't say <laughs> I it. couldn't say it the other week. Yeah. Warzel Gummidge, as I write this, which are very um, informative. <laughs> but I'm trying to catch up, and hopefully someday I'll manage it. New, new Doctor Who time is always very exciting, and I'm super hyped to hear everyone's thoughts on the opening two-parter. Personally, I thought The Magician's Apprentice was pretty weak. All style, no substance. But The Witch's Familiar really brought up the average for me. It's a terrific second half. I felt like the first episode was not so much a part one of a two-part story, but instead a 45-minute prelude to the real episode. <laughs> Moving all the pieces into place so that they were the witch- that they were where the witches familiar needed them to be so it could be explored all these really interesting idea, interesting themes and ideas and character dynamics. Also, bonus points for Missy actually trying to scratch Davros's eye out. <laughs> Speaking of which, I didn't really mind them not addressing how Davros survived the events of Journey's End all that much. I kind of liked the idea that he just wrote out the explosion of the Crucible and then floated off and through space till some Daleks tracked him down. 
He's far too resilient to let something like an exploding starship kill him off. <laughs> the stubborn old git. <laughs> anyway, I hope you're in, all in good health and good spirits. No idea when I'll actually reach the episode where you read this. Sometime next March, probably. <laughs> so, to future me, don't you have coursework to be doing? Stop procrastinating. Until then, happy travels. P.S. About the Patreon gift basket thing. You mentioned eating people's addresses in a recent episode. Well, recent from my point of view, several months ago from your point of view, I think. I remember hearing someone say in feedback that it wouldn't be worth the cost of the post of packaging to send them a basket. I think it's the same for me. I don't give an awful lot, and it would probably cost more than I'm giving you to send the package to the UK, so please don't feel the need to send me anything. The podcast itself is all the payments I need. It's always a reliable source of entertainment on a dull evening. Keep up the good work. Aww. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex. And you guys realize that he's still back in March. So that's when we did work. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. So, he has a lot uh, to get through. So when you get to this one, I expect in six months to hear answers to these questions. First of all, what are you studying at university? <laughs> and second of all, what's the new job that you started? So I'll be excited to hear what those are here yeah. about six months down the line. This is really cool. This is kind of like, you know, we're having a cover. We've got the supermoon lunar eclipse thing going on tonight. This is kind of like a, a space conversation. It's like you know, that time delay from somebody out there. So you, you answer we're that. We're somewhere out by Pluto, and we have to transmit those messages we'll, back we'll, we'll expect a response from you, Houston. <laughs> Over. All right. Thank you, Alex. Good to hear from you. And our last bit of feedback comes from Odd Duck Phil. Uh, this is uh, through unofficial channels. Odd Duck Phil sent me a text earlier today. <laughs> and he says, So, as Claire and Missy are walking off right before the intro, Missy seems to be swinging the pointy stick, almost like a conductor's baton, as the music is coming on. Is she, in fact, so crazy that she's able to now break the fourth wall? <laughs> She still hears the drums. I would just say par for the course on that one. <laughs> I didn't notice that she was swinging it almost to him. I didn't either. I'll have to I'll, look for it. Yeah, now. I'll have to go look closer. That's it in feedback. So, shall we move on to our review? Let's do... Did we decide which we're doing first? <laughs> the book. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Let me pull up the in, synopses. Yes. In this very full episode of Traveling the Vortex, we're bringing you not one, not two, but three reviews this week. The first will be our spoiler-free yes. uh, review. Which might of, be difficult, but we will do our best. Uh, the book Lethbridge-Stewart, The Schizoid Earth. My schizoid. Schizoid. <laughs> it's, it's the same term that is in medical. If he said that. last I week, I didn't think there was a T in it. There's not a T, but there's not a T in Schiz- schizoid. 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 You guys are making it sound. Schizoid. Schizoid. It's the diamonds. Schizoid. The diamonds. <laughs> well, he, you couldn't say Wurzel Gumridge. I can't say schizoid. <laughs> schizoid. Schizoid. Earth. Earth. By David, David McKin- McKinty? I think it's McKinty, yeah. McKinty. David, David A. McKinty. And uh, the fine folks over at Candy Jar Books were uh, kind enough to give us an advanced copy of this, which released this week. It released on, on Friday. Friday. On yep. Friday. And they so. had a big media surge going on. I, I kept watching 
Facebook posts and Twitter posts and stuff from uh, Andy Frank and Allen, who's a publisher on the book and also wrote the first book, Forget the Forgotten Son. He's the he's series a, editor. Series he's the series Andy. editor, yeah. And um, so thank you, Andy, for yeah. getting us on the list for, for this. And uh, Yeah, excuse wanna... me. He's part of the publishing team as well. Yes. Yeah. We have a, a, a synopsis piece. Yes. Lethbridge Stewart was supposed to be in the mountains of the east, but things didn't quite go according to plan. On the eve of war, something appeared in the sky, a presence that blotted out the moon. Now it has returned, and no battle plan can survive first contact with this enemy. Why do the ghosts of fallen soldiers still fight long-forgotten battles against living men? What is the secret of the rural English town of Deepdend? Deep, Deepden? Lethbridge Stewart has good reason to doubt his own sanity, but is he suffering illness or injury or something more sinister going on? Plagued by nightmares of being trapped in a past that never happened, Lethbridge Stewart must unravel the mystery of a man ten years out of his time, a man who still cannot possibly exist. Dun, 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 dun. dun. I quite enjoyed this book. Quite enjoyed this book. In fact, I finished up Thursday night thinking it was going to take me a lot longer to read it, and it didn't because I just couldn't put it down. But um, we are planning to do a non-spoiler review because we do realize that we, of course, getting it ahead of time, we don't want to spoil it for those people that have just picked it up and bought it on Friday. And I will encourage you to please go out and get it. Yes, because absolutely. It is a fine addition to what is becoming the Lethbridge Stewart line. Um, I... Completely enjoyed it. I, I be admit, I will admit that there's a good probably half of the book that it was very. You 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 used the word the other day when we talked about it. It was, it was a bit convoluted. Yes, but not in a bad way. It was more in the sense that they were really trying to keep you on your toes and try to figure out what was going on. And I think the book does a really good job because it's it's focusing on several different elements at one time. And it swings back and forth uh, between our different heroes and different places and elements that are going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's really hard to talk this around. This is really hard. Um, but um, we do – I will say we do get reintroduced fairly early on to um, Professor Travers and, yes. and Dr. Ann Travers. And uh, obviously Lethbridge Stewart is in it. And then we are introduced also to – and uh, the name escapes me. Is it Green? Uh James Green is he the the, the, the uh, oh the reporter reporter um, yeah uh, which I absolutely last name I absolutely her. loved that we kept getting the name drop to his relationship to Chorley oh yeah because apparently oh, and that was introduced very early yeah on they, too. they yeah. worked together and uh, it was even mentioned that Chorley has been trying to divulge the information of the, the London, London event. event but has been very much stymied by the uh, uh, British military <laughs> as, as he does it. Um, so I thought that was really cool. I like how the, the, the government sort of recruits Green to yeah. uh, unofficially help them figure out where Lethbridge Stewart is because as the synopsis refers to, Colonel Lethbridge Stewart is gone. We, they, they don't know where he's at. He's disappeared. And uh, so I like how they've kind of used him. I think that element of it sort of gets dropped a little bit later and he yeah, sort of gets released. Does. Once once as a reader you kind of discover what has happened to Colonel Lethbridge Stewart, that's kind of when 
that storyline kind of drops. Larry, at that point, he Larry feels Green. like Larry Green. Larry. Thank you. At that point, he it, it almost, he feels a little bit like a device at that point, which I think yeah. is, was one of the things that that bothered me a little bit about because I think I was getting to really like him as a character. And then that sort of goes away. He's a very enjoyable character yeah. when he when he starts off and, and kind of going through and very his, a very competent and smart character yeah. too. And well, and the the um, uh, what's his name Major Hamilton when he kind of ropes him in and he tells him that well you have resources that maybe we don't and he puts those to full use in his quest to uncover what's going on here and it was it was exciting to read his little snippets that were interspersed throughout it. But I, I agree with you. I've kind of felt bad once that story arc tapered off because once we are let in on what's going on, you don't necessarily, you don't need anything. Yeah, he's exactly. To get you from point A to point It's understandably, B, so. yeah, understandably why that the character was kind of then put to the back. But, um, <laughs> a couple uh, other characters put to the back too, that I think could have stayed in the forefront, that it, but that will go into our spoiler review later. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, really good. I, I I liked the suspense. I really kept it kept me guessing what was going on, where we were at, where some of the uh, locations that were happening were going on. And I especially liked coming back to Lethbridge Stewart's storyline each time because it seemed to be that's when the pick book always picked it, up. More it does. It always picks up, and it, it gets kind of exciting because it seems the mysteries most build around this because, quite truthfully, Lethbridge Stewart isn't let in on what's going on in his particular. Uh, story for quite a while, and so you're kind of ch- uh, charged with guessing along with him what is happening, yeah, what element, what events are happening around him. Um, so I kind of like that. I think what the 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 thing that was kind of left behind with Lethbridge Stewart, unfortunately, not even unfortunately, it was more because of the situation he was in, was kind of the he seemed to be brought back he he was he had equal time i think with other characters within the book whereas i felt like in forgotten son there he was the dominant character through most of it yeah. while yeah. there were surrounding there were characters surrounding him in forgotten son where they would go and we would you know kind of step away from lethbridge stewart's story he seemed to be more of the anchor of that book in this one he's almost a third part as far as an anchor of a hole in this. Yeah. And I, I, that, that was good because it's a nice change, but it was a step away from somebody who I really, really like as a character. <laughs> but, and so kind every of once the reason you like, come to the stories exactly. much. I mean, it's a Lethbridge-Stewart line of exactly. stories. Um, although I do want to say by the end, it solidifies itself as being a Lethbridge-Stewart mm-hmm. because of some of the events that happen. Agreed. Um, there is a moment that, uh, without getting too spoilery, I suspected that we were probably tying into a certain episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> and then I kind of got away from that. And then I might have come back to it at the I, end. I did too. <laughs> for, something I, I did that, too. for something that happens. And as you're reading, you'll probably pick up on that as well. well and if you look at the cover, you kind of will have a, uh, yeah, the a cover suggestion sort of what, gives you that what, we're, what episode we're referring that to. That implication. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, for me, it was it was a very enjoyable – It's some books – are better when de- devoured at once. Other books are work fine to put them down and bring come back to them. This is one that you need to devour closer together because there's so much going on and there's so many storylines and the, the convolutedness of it. How the the closer you can read it all together, the Clearer the picture will yeah, be. Yeah, I, I agree because I think I'm afraid if you came back to it, there's if so put, many different elements yeah. going on that you might forget. And even I had, I, and I blame a lot of this on my exhaustion and being 
half awake for like two weeks <laughs> of having struggling to keep track of what's going on where and what these where the different characters are. See, and I, I that was one of the things I thought the book did really well is McAtee. It sort of he he breaks he, it out he's, so he's that, that them out. Yeah, he's he's what characters out. I was right. He but he sections yeah. out everything so neatly that there's and I didn't feel like any piece got too long where I felt like, okay, let's move on and go back and find out what these no. characters are doing. It's really kind of charted it's, it's very out well and paced. paced out really well. And I thought that I, what was very helpful is a lot of the, because the chapters were very long in this book. Yeah. There were, there there were, were only fewer, 14 chapters Fewer chapters and yeah. longer, uh, longer at that. But what I thought was done nicely is there's a good break to know that you've, okay, I'm switching to different characters. Yeah. Or at the very least, if we're going to stay with these characters, I've switched, I've jumped to another element of you know, some time has passed or we yeah. have gone from one location to the other without all of that dry in between of getting to that location. So I thought actually the way it was paced out, I, I really appreciate the fact that I, as I came up to like almost a triple space break, and it probably wasn't that much, but uh, as I'd come up to one of those breaks, I'd look at it and go, okay, I, I got to get ready because we're shifting to something else. And I thought that was actually very, very well. I, I agree. The, the, the structuring in the book was very well. It's just in the story itself, I sometimes struggled of where certain characters were and what they were doing. I think part of that was... And that's part of the storytelling he was doing. Yeah. And the elements of the story. I think part of that also was because all of our uh, heroes or or, or, uh, uh, protagonists don't know what's going on. There's a mystery being built in all three sections of this book. And I think what that does is what makes it a little more harder to remember what's going on is because everybody's still dealing with this mystery that isn't revealed to us until much later in the story. And it's all a very similar mystery. Yeah. They all that's together. what I thought was cool too, yeah. is they're all discovering something in completely different locations and they're all part of one element. And that all comes around and wraps up and pulls together sort of nicely there towards the end. So I thought that was a neat, Neat elements of it, and and once we got about halfway through the book, uh, I was able to kind of figure out a little better um, some of the issues I had with keeping track of uh, what was going on with certain characters. Yeah, I think at one point it kind of does this click moment. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, now this is why they were here. This is why they're there. And, but you don't know of, that so early it's, on. It's also a kind of which. Huge props to the writer for making it work this way is it's also one of those click moments for Lethbridge Stewart where he starts questioning things. And that's when it for you goes, or at least for me, it went, oh, okay, now I kind of understand what's going on now. It wasn't necessarily him that I had the click moment in relation to. It was another character that I don't. We can't divulge because it's a, well, it's a huge element of the story. But it's yeah. that character that, that really that was where I sat up and went, "What?" Yeah, well, that that's that character that I thought really was kind of piecing the things together, at least on a, a kind of a fringe level. That really, I started going, "Okay, I see what's going on here," and based on this, other yeah, character, it's all around that. I, it's all around that it time frame in the book for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Bless you. Welcome back. Um, no, you're right. It, 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 it's definitely one. I, I would I would preach patience with this because it, it seems very discombobulated to start with because you've got this piece of information dropped here and then here and then here and then here and you're kind of just as you jump from scene to scene from location to location from character to character you're kind of going what is going on but stick with it because there's a reason for it and yeah. the payoff and all of those things really will pay good. off once you get through. 
uh, and, and reach that certain moment, then it all starts to, that through line starts to make a little more sense. You go, oh, okay, and you kind of catch up with with, where, with the characters at the same time as you do, which is unique because a lot of times, especially in a, a Doctor Who arena, even though this isn't a specifically a Doctor Who book, but we've talked before about so many times the Doctor is ahead to connect of the, game, the universe, and he's yeah. you know he, he knows what's going on even if we don't. And when you watch the show or whatnot, sometimes you're in that position of we can't let you in on this until we get to here. Yeah, and so it's kind of fun to be along for the ride in some cases with characters who don't know anything yeah. that's going on, even though you've been given more pieces of the puzzle than any one of these characters in the story. You still can't make heads or tails of it until they write the pieces for you. And then you're like, oh, okay. And then they all start to connect together and they get it at the same time. Because there are some books where it's very frustrating where you get the pieces and see what's happening very early on and understand what's going on. And it's not the characters until much later when you think the characters should be way smarter than that. And so this isn't one of those books because you... Are kept in the dark longer, right with along the with the characters. Yeah. So it's understand. You're, it's understandable you feel why at they pace have with the characters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that was another thing why this book was so captivating for me. And I, I, I found myself reading, even though they're long chapters, I found myself reading, you know, chapters. Oh, I, at I a was time. able to breeze through it pretty quickly. And so I think that's what was so captivating about it is, is I was sticking with it because. The, the story was interesting enough to me that I, w- I wanted to get to that mystery. I wanted to get to that point where it's revealed or at least I have at least figured it out, hopefully before our heroes. And so I think that's what kept me really dry, driven to keep continuing on because yeah. I kept thinking, I'm going to unravel this mystery. I'm going to figure out why <laughs> this is here. And there's a lot of false, false uh, starts for me because I would start to think one thing and then something would come along and, and like, nope. That's not where we're going with it. And I think, oh, okay, back to square one. And so I kind of like that aspect of it was almost kind of uh, Sherlockian in the fact that you start going down one path and then something happens and you go, okay, we have to eliminate this and go to this now. And it's just really how it felt. And so I, I think that was one of the, the things I had the most enjoyment of it as well. So One of the things that I do want to point out is there is another – novel in the Doctor Who universe called The Face of the Enemy that's also written by David A. McEntee, and it is somewhat connected. Really? It is a sequel to a certain story that I don't want to divulge until we talk about this a little more spoilery, and it even shares, and thanks for Andy for tipping this me off into this, it actually shares a character in both books. Oh, really? So... So everybody that's read, read The Face of the Enemy will know what I'm talking about. However, if you've read Face of the Enemy and you start reading this one, you're going to go, oh, well, it obviously it's connected because this is the same character. <laughs> so uh, It was nice for, I, I think in, in a way, McAtee to kind of get um, a chance to play a little bit more in the story that he continued and set up. For, so I think that was kind of neat. Uh, I also learned, and I think it was in the book that he he wrote. Um, I think the the writer said that this was the first book that he'd written without an outline. Oh yeah. And yeah. my first thought was, if I'd have written a book without an outline, I'd have been all over the place. But I really don't feel like he was no, all he, over the place. He had and a, so it was very. It wound up being a very concise. Story. It did. It did. And I, I will say this about it: it does feel a little rushed towards the end. See, I, I, I felt like. I felt like the ending, it didn't feel rushed to me. Well, maybe rushed isn't the right word. It, like, there is peril, but not as big of peril as there might have been. 
And so it's not the, world-ending the, the, peril, but it's it's world-ending peril. So it's yeah. kind of difficult. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's it's peril for characters, but not world-ending peril. Yeah. And it, well. it felt like the uh, since it's for the based on the characters how they resolve the peril, I'm okay with because. Yeah. That's the only way to resolve it. Yeah, there was no choice. Yeah, See, I was almost more thinking that the the neat little bows that seemed to tie up everything post peril, I thought was where it felt maybe a little. You think so? A little I, rushed. I, 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 you and, thought and, that and, part was rushed. Well, and, and it's it's difficult to say one way or the other because realistically, once the story is done, once you have finished with the peril and you've reached a climax, and that's it. How much wrap-up do you really need, uh, you know, is what some people would argue, is that you can only do so much. I mean, you know, after you've saved the world, I really don't need to know what the guy did for the next six months. I'm sure he went out to a Chinese restaurant and he did the blah, 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 blah. And so I'm glad that we didn't have all of that, but at the same time, it, it seemed like that, I don't know, maybe subconsciously the decision was made that, okay, this has ended, we've reached the climax. Oh, yeah, I still have some of these characters out there that we never really wrapped up. Yeah, there, there is. And, it does certainly some of the feel a little so, bit like that. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, but um, going back and you know, kind of wrapping up what happened to them, which you know, going wrong. I'm glad that they were <coughs> forgotten altogether. I'm choking on something. Excuse me, <coughs> but um, yeah, I mean, you know. Well, I also wondered if maybe the reason it felt rushed is because we've we've developed the mystery for so long. I think you're right. I think it's kind of the afterward type stuff that that really kind of feels like it. Yeah, maybe it left me wanting to know a little bit more. But I think the reason why it felt rushed, even kind of maybe in the climactic moments, are the fact that you were once it's kind of divulged to you as the reader as to what's going on here, and you suddenly start to see the larger picture, the bigger puzzle, at that point you've been – building up to that so that when you get to that point, it, it wraps quickly because it's like suddenly you're at that aha moment. And then, well, obviously this is kind of what has to happen. And so yeah. I think yeah. maybe that's why it, it maybe that's that why feels a lot, but you're right. Sort of the afterward type stuff. And it's not technically afterward because it's still that part of the chapter of stories agreed. There was a little bit more. I wanted to know about the characters in uh, response to what happens that we didn't maybe necessarily get as much as I want. I don't, I don't want, want to say it's anticlimactic. It's not anticlimactic. Because it's not, no, but it, but it no, is after the climax. Right, so right. Post-climatic? Yeah. Post-climatic, maybe that's what It's almost like for. you hit the peak and rolled down the hill too quickly. Yeah. yeah. So, But, but that's, I mean, it's a, it's a small complaint for what was otherwise a very solid story. Yeah, and definitely yeah it was a very solid story. Um, I recommend you pick this up. Uh, we are, according to the ladies that are administering the uh, Yes, it book will club, be the, the book club book for October. For Goodreads. So if you haven't picked it up, please pick it up. Read along with us in October, and then we will revisit this again, hopefully around the beginning of November, with a little bit more of a spoilery review. We can kind of divulge some more <laughs> details and information. Once and we and get some more people on board with it. And so. Some squee moments that I'm having to refrain from now because... I, I, when I, when it all kind of tied together and clicked, it was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> there's a lot of great things here. Yeah, so. it's tough to do without spoiling it. It really, really is. is. But again, thanks to uh, Candy Jar Books for yeah. allowing us to do this, and and uh, look look forward to another um, more in depth review coming up. I, I'm going to tip my hat just a little bit and say what I'm very very excited about is Beast of Fang Rock, <laughs> <laughs> which actually comes out next month. Yeah. I think we've decided to sort of do the same thing as do once we're done with it, 
we'll do a kind of non-spoilery review, and then later on down the line, when we can kind of divulge that one, we'll uh, we'll do a little more too. Assuming we're still on the on the on the good list. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Fang Rock is one of my favorite Doctor Who stories. So when it was announced early on, Beast of Fang Rock, I was like, oh, we're going back to the White House, and I get real excited. All right, shall we move on to the comic book? Yes. We finally got the fifth <laughs> issue of The Four Doctors. Comic event by Titan Comics. Written by Paul Cornell. Did they ever give us a reason why it was delayed? I just have not seen. Nope. There wasn't anything. Because there wasn't anything in here that tied into the episode. So <laughs> That's what I was concerned about, maybe. Well, but. what I was concerned about was the last story got completely rewritten. Because there was too much of a tie-in to the episodes. Oh, that's possible. And that would maybe kind of placate my displeasure in this final story. <laughs> I would, it wouldn't make the final story any better, but it might placate my concerns over why it went this direction. Suddenly, we get a very Moffat-esque... Time folding back on itself, reset wibbly button. wobbly, timey wommy reset button. And I, what do you guys think? I don't think I, don't I wasn't know how pleased I feel about with it. the direction that it went. Um, the other thing that was very disappointing is who didn't show back up? Yeah, the war doctor. The war doctor. This is a fourth doctor story, and I think as I've been implying for weeks, the fourth doctor in the rest of the series is this future version of twelve. It really is. They pulled Although, the last one on us. They really they did. They pulled the five doctors on us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. So apparently now any uh, multi-doctor story, you just add a doctor in very sh- briefly and then call it one more doctor than it really is. <laughs> oh, you well, know what? Patrick Trouton's really not in the two doctors enough. <laughs> Here's something that I suspected. Because of a certain William cameo. not in the three doctors very much. It's true. Oh, my God. <laughs> Because of a certain cameo in this story, or maybe a couple of cameos, I wonder if they hadn't gotten clearance yet when we get nine in rows at the table. Oh, and, and I that's wondered why. if maybe there was a delay on well, getting that clearance. Technically, there's your fourth doctor. Yeah, there's five technically in this one. Then yeah. <laughs> we go by that formula. Well, six, if you want to be really, if you, if you want to count all of the doctors, it's six. six. Was there another one in this one? Well, you've well got nine no, overall right. in the oh, in the, the whole story, the yeah, whole yeah, story. yeah, twelve, right? Oh, I thought you meant in this this episode. Well, but the four and doctors. They also got the alternate versions of ten and eleven. The four doctors was was There's like actually, fifteen doctors in this. Guy. <laughs> the four doctors was actually working because in the first one you only had war, uh, ten, eleven, and twelve. And then from the rest of them, you had 10, 11, 12, and alternate 12. And so then when you add 9 into this one, then you know, it kind of throws the whole single-issue four-doctor formula off. I, we're, we're going way – I think I'm trying to avoid talking about how yeah, – I was so frustrated with this story. For, for, for such a great buildup. And a wonderful cliffhanger in the and last issue. And a wonderful issue. cliffhanger. We, we, we get into this Shall we one. touch on how they resolve that cliffhanger? Let's talk about the cliffhanger. The weeping angel in the a, comic box. There's a tiny weepy angel in the box. <laughs> so you've been reading along. The whole thing, the 11th Doctor is very concerned about his French comics. <laughs> Through the whole thing. Don't forget my comics. I can eat the comics. Blah, 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 blah. And we, I think we had all kind of reached that point where we suspected that there was something of import yes, in the box. Yes. Mm-hmm. That it wasn't really French comics. 
so, <laughs> um, I'm forgetting names now. Gabby. Uh, Gabby. No. Um, uh, uh, Alice. Alice gets gunned down. Right. At and, the end of the at the end of the last. At, uh, Gabby screams yes. at the end of the last one. Well, she screams because she opens the the box of comics, and inside is a tiny weeping angel that apparently then grows and zaps her. Turns out they can grow. Actual line of dialogue. <laughs> now, if this had been an episode of the show, and that I would was have a, as much problem with this as I did with this uh, Statue of Liberty. If this was a linchpin moment of, oh, they, apparently they can grow. <sighs> All right. I mean, we've seen cherubs, the, the little ones, and so it kind of we never sort saw of them makes sense that they could grow. But not in this sense. Why in rapid that session sounds, like that? No. Why in rapid session? The cherubs, session? it would be over time. Yeah, exactly. Right? Why in a rapid shrink session? Ray. Why do you, yeah, why, what, what sort of confining properties of shrinkage does this wrapper on these comics... What kind it's of a wibbly-wobbly, spacey-wacy box. What kind of field does it create <laughs> so that it ke- it's, it's almost like the tissue... Uh, what's the the master's tissue uh, decom- or compressor? The tissue. It's almost like the tissue compressor in reverse. It's like <laughs> instead of making them small and then like compressing all the tissue, this is like in reverse. It like expands the tissue or yep. something. And, but we're talking stones, so they don't have any tissues. So it's ah uh, ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> and, and and the kicker is uh, we we didn't need for it to grow. It could have just been a little weeping yeah, angel. That'd be fine. That, that would have, and that's and in fact, that would have worked with the whole that it sent her back only a certain amount. Well, undetermined. Did, did, did you read? She, the, they try to explain that. <laughs> did you yes, read? I read did this read that because I saw him carrying the comics. I thought this is going to be important. <laughs> the, 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 the little goofy comic at the end is called "The Doctor Shops for Angels," and it explains that he goes to the weeping angel store. That has a whole collection of these things. It's a museum where all the Weeping Angels are constantly on surveillance. And he actually finds one knowing that he's going to have to send Gabby back in time a certain, um, you know, to a certain point. Right. So he needs a Weeping Angel that's going to have that. And apparently they can measure this, that this angel will send you back this far. So he buys that one. Which would have worked better. It would, would have worked better if it was because it was a small angel. It was would have been a, a, a finite amount of time that they could send you back. But... Um, no, apparently they can grow. Yeah, she, uh, oh, no, sorry. Turns out they can grow. Turns out they That's can That's a direct grow. quote from the comic. So Gabby goes back in time to the meeting at the cafe with all the companions, and she's screaming at the previous version of herself and, and Alice and, and Clara not to let the doctors go to Marinus because it ends badly. And yet that doesn't stop them. <laughs> Which this I'm glad time that they decide to go take the picture. Yeah. <laughs> just, so, this part I kind of liked is that the doctors show up, and despite all of the evidence, this is what happens, this is how it goes down, so-and-so's dead. So-and-so got sent back in time. We needed a tiny weeping angel to get out of this. Do you have any idea? Oh, yeah, that sounds really bad. What do we do? Well, obviously we should go. <laughs> Well, because that's a doctor thing, you know. That's to be fair. The picture is still there. Yeah, yeah. As so they, they point, hadn't undone it enough. In 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 a very this pleases me Back to the Future style timeline, the photo itself still exists. 
<laughs> therefore we're in trouble. <laughs> okay. That gives you your justification for them having to go back to Maryland. Yeah, but you know what? There's a flaw here. Because I figured out that whatever they're going to do, they went back and made it work. And they changed. They must. They must change time because who blinks out of reality? Um, the Gabby that came back. Gabby, yeah. yeah. So obviously they fixed it. So no matter what they fi- do to fix it, they fix it. So then at that point, you've told me already that everything's going to be okay. No matter what happens from here on out, it's inconsequential. And so it, it's it's a that's little Bill bad. and Ted. Yes, exactly. It's very, <laughs> Which, very again is fine. But when you're going, remember a trash can. And then one magically appears right where you needed it because so you're going to go back and do it right, later. It's exactly. kind of like, uh, yeah. that works in some cases. So now you're others. just in the mode of, okay, I got to figure out how I'm going to just see how you've resolved this. Now yeah. I know everything's fine and you know everything's going to be fine anyway because it's Doctor Who and they're going to resolve it. So everybody that's out there going, well, we knew it was going to be fixed anyway because it's the end of the story. <laughs> but you, when you do that at the beginning, you, you sort of cheapen the element of, of can it be done? Yeah. Now we just go to see how they did it. Well, and and in this format, I mean, there are new characters introduced. I mean, there is peril for at least two of them that we know we don't know what their future is yet. I think it would so have, two of them potentially could die in this, and they would move on with the comics and introduce someone new. True. I think it would have been. It almost would have been better if Alice did die. Instead of them fixing, I didn't expect them to do that though because I didn't either. I think they've invested so much in those characters, and it's it would be difficult after one. Yeah, yeah, me too. too, It would be difficult after one season to say, okay, let's start new with new companions. It it, it almost would have worked better if you could have found a way to have included future Gabby on the first go round. Yes, yes. Because when you pull this at the end, as you pointed out. We know you're going to get out of this. This is the last issue. There's no way you can screw this up any more than has happened for the previous four. If you pulled this early, then maybe either A, we'd have forgotten that she was there, or B, you know, along for the ride and as things unfolded, you have to deal with. But instead, you get kind of a truncated, you know... One of the you know panel directions is even one continuity bomb detonation and glitch through the throne room of Time Lord Victorious later. So yeah. we're, we're skipping like, huge chunks well, of the story to hurry up and get to the end. I was now. a little grateful for that, though, because oh, I thought, I don't want to see all this yeah. again. <laughs> we yeah. already know what happened here. It, it, it's very uh, Princess Bride. Skip to the yep. end. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they go back to Marinus, and we, we, we uh, stop off at a crashed Dalek saucer which I presume is the same Dalek saucer that the War Doctor brought down in the first episode, even though he's never showed back up. <laughs> and we pick up something mysterious, and we go back, and uh, the Vord take over the 12th Doctor. But this time, he is able to exert his influence on them. And, and then they all team up in the white space and defeat other 12th Doctor. Beardy Doctor. Beardy Doctor. Beardy Doctor. And then, unfortunately, Glenn's awesome board get reset <laughs> back to... Back to Crummy Board. Crummy Board. <laughs> no, they weren't crummy ever, but this was, yeah, Super Awesome Board went no longer displaced from time. And at least they kind of try to talk about it as Tennant yeah, yeah. says, you know, I don't like it. I don't like what we've taken from them. Yes. But it's it's interesting that it's funny to hear Ten say that. 
Well, it's kind of become his line. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Although he's he was a bit more mopey than any other, so I suppose that kind of does fit. I, I do like the the cameo appearance. I do like the fact that they even explain why he was never there. Yeah, it, it, it seems it seems like, and probably rightfully so, that Nine is Paul's favorite doctor. Could be since he wrote for him in Father's Day, etc. Yeah, that's but true. The way that the way it reads is, uh, I can know why he wasn't involved in this. Just the way it was written sounds like. I love Nine so much, and he's so wonderful. I wish I could have included him, but I couldn't. Right. So the way they they almost gush about him. Yep. He was not, he was where he was anything other than fantastic. Yep. Which okay, it's a nice sentiment. Yep. You know, and um, and he was great. He was he he was fantastic. It was great. I can kind of rationalize it out as, okay, coming on the heels of being the doctor after the war doctor. Being the one that comes after that button got pushed. To be able to recover the way Nine does. And be the doctor again. Yeah. In such a way that, you know, even as we've talked about Eccleston being a little darker or a little more moody about things, which, you know, rightfully so, but to never succumb to it and still manage to, you know, to bounce back from that is like okay i guess that you know for purposes of this story i'm okay yes. with the yes. way that plays out but it's frustrating <laughs> <laughs> that we had such a great ride for four episodes and then it just and kept... the stories kept getting better and better and better and then <laughs> it just falls flat it, it just how would you have done it any different? I don't though? know. Yeah, uh, exactly. And that's know. where I come down at the very end of the day. I'm like, how could I have done it any better or any different? And I don't have an answer. So I don't I don't want to come down on Paul Cornell too much. I just I think I wanted something more. I wanted something different. I didn't want to reboot. <laughs> didn't want to reset. Well, and it, it, it almost feels very much like I don't know, maybe there was a delay because they maybe he wrote this with an outline. <laughs> and he got up to episode four into a, and then went, himself into a corner. Uh, and they said, so, Paul, how, how, how are we going to end that? Everybody's excited. It's the big, you know, Doctor Who Comics weekly event. How are we going to fix this? How are, we, how are we getting out of this? I don't know. I haven't read the fifth part yet. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? Well, I, I don't really know. I want to. I, I want to think it was. Yeah, I, that's probably. Uh, hopefully, that, that. I don't know. I really. Like, end, I think it's. Here's I think the original it was the pitch. Canine I think shows up and fixes it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they all went. You can't do that. Well, I almost would have rather seen Matt get into the TARDIS, fly into the sun, <laughs> and just reboot the universe again. I mean. <laughs> I mean, when my computer crashes, I hit the reset button, and that's what it fixes it every time. Everything comes back. I even have a time machine. <laughs> I've got everything backed up. Uh, How are you going to fix this? The girl from that one-off special episode that Glenn hated. That one issue that's where Doctor Who's set in the real world. Oh. <laughs> it turns out she's reading a comic about the Doctor. And she just tears up the last page. This could have made so that, that, we, that could have made this was really good. Now that you put it in that perspective, because this could have been a lot worse. Uh, it's yeah, good point. 
Unfortunately, uh, it, 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 it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it's it's sad that we it. don't know what delayed this because we, we, we can come up with these harebrained ideas of maybe maybe they realized that this one was so bad that they thought if they put it off a few weeks after the new series came back, people would be so excited and distracted by that <laughs> that this wouldn't be such a letdown. I don't know. I don't know. And it's, I, I mean, it's unfair to say that it's bad. It just did not deliver it's on not what it promised. It's not satisfying. But it's not satisfying. Yeah. That, that's probably the best way to describe it's not a satisfying it. It's just for, for, for what was such a, a high. And maybe that was the problem. Maybe he had crafted such a great story that there just wasn't a way to satisfy yeah. what we had built up to. Yeah. And maybe, maybe I'm to blame for this. I'll take the blame for it. Sure, why not? But I also felt like Neil Edwards, who was phenomenal artwork. Throughout the whole and, thing, and there are some panels in that that are phenomenally there's done, a, there's and then there are some panels. that are like, "What? Yeah, they're, they're, for, somebody for, pull some water on this." His 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 art consistently through this whole run was was really great. We had a couple of issues on a couple of panels with character likenesses, but that was it. But this one really felt rushed. Yeah, a little subpar, a little like maybe and some of the tighter which, shots were I, fantastic. It, it kind of makes me wonder if, they, like you said, maybe they had to go back and change something, and there was a that's why it was delayed, and then suddenly there was a rush job on it because some of the art just doesn't feel as tight and as well put together on this, like the story. So, I don't know. Maybe that's one of those mysteries that will just never get solved. But we will eventually come back to the world of Titan Comics. We have uh, obviously a whole bunch of Tenth Doctor piling up <laughs> because of the way the story arc round up. Well, and don't we still have the Ninth Doctor yeah, series that's, that's going? And then the Eighth Doctor that's eighth coming. coming. The Eighth Doctor's coming, and then, of course, oh, so Eleven and Twelve are, are continuing. Yep. So. But we, we will come back and do more uh, Titan Comics. I don't know if we'll get to those during Season 9 or not. I don't probably not. So it'll probably be after Season 9. Yeah. But we hope that you're still enjoying them. So, yep. We will give you more thoughts on those later. Shall we move on to The Witch's Familiar? Yes. Trapped and alone in a terrifying Dalek city, the Doctor is at the heart of an evil empire. No Sonic, no TARDIS, nobody to help. With his greatest temptation before him, can the Doctor resist? And will there be mercy? Have mercy. That, that review kind of is... Synopsis. A lie. Synopsis. That, that synopsis is really <laughs> no Sonic. Well, that's not exactly true. <laughs> no TARDIS. Well, that's not exactly true. <laughs> Glenn? Do I get into my dun dun dun? There, there it is. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed this. And I think it's funny that Keith and I both, we talked about when they come back, and Keith said, I don't know if they'll do the tonal shift like they did between Dark Water and I was Desert Heaven. they wouldn't. And I said, oh, I think they'll do the tonal See, shift. I didn't between. think there was a tonal shift. Oh, I think shift. there was a huge tonal I felt, shift. I, I, this I think, felt like two, like one episode, one long episode. Do you think episode. so? Yeah. I think I think, there I, was, I think it was very different in, in – direction was the same. The director still had a real familiarity to it. But I thought – Based on the fact that the the last week was build up and lead up and fan service and jaw dropping moments, this one was a lot of uh, uh, de- uh, character development between Missy and uh, uh, Clara and character development between Davros and um, uh, 
the, the doctor and a lot of emotion going on on both sides of that, on, on both of those elements. And so that was the tonal shift for me. That was the, okay, there's a lot less of a comedy in this one. Even though Missy's still just being very <laughs> See, I, com- being I completely go the opposite direction. I think this one was funnier. I think this one was lighter in tone. Oh, Well, every time we were in with Dr. Endowers, oh, that was, and that, yes, that, that was, was like super. That, that, that was very somber. I love. But even those moments were. <laughs> well, he even got a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The greatest joke in the history of Doctor Who, and it's told by Davros. <laughs> what? what? What are we referring to? You're not a very good doctor. Are oh you? yeah, you're not. <laughs> well, yeah, but that, that 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 was that was that was framed in a very heavy, heavy, heavy scene. Which did anybody else when they're having this discussion and they're warming up and they're getting this like they're almost getting to this? We've come from one end of the spectrum to this almost. Quasi friendship. Did anybody else get this? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> this is not right. Yeah, I, I was bit. very angry because as it went on, and I warmed to Davros, and I've always liked Davros. I've always loved Davros. You thought maybe he had turned over a leaf and, of and, some sort, and I, I was very angry because I didn't want him to be good. Me too. Me I didn't too. want him to be sad, broken, and dying, and I didn't really want him to be friends with the Doctor at the end. <laughs> Me too. While at the same time, feeling a I'm lot of it up, passion, but also you're very much fascinated the, by the fascination the and the compassion, and you're like. I'll let him see the sunset. I let know. Him see the one last sunset. And all the my, meantime, my other side of me is over here going, shut up. What are you doing? I, so so there's, a, there's a tiny little part of my brain that's going. He deserves not to see a sunset. Damn you, Moffat. Why are you giving me the feels for Davros? We're this, ripping me apart. shouldn't be doing this. And then. It almost have been called the redemption of Davros. He, he, he grabs them cords and goes, zzzz. And Davros starts cackling, and I went, "There it is." <laughs> well, and then I was mad again. <laughs> no, still in the back of my mind, though, he's doing that. He's going to give just a little bit of regenerate. And then I went, "Uh oh!" <laughs> suddenly, all of Davros's like <clears throat> everything that I know about Davros starts flooding in, and suddenly I'm going. Don't do it! Don't do it! <laughs> Only if Kaitler going, what? I said, don't do it! Don't do it! <laughs> it's a trap. Which, and Moffat told us it was going to be a trap <laughs> from the get go. There's that line: we're going to snare a time lord. Yeah. <laughs> he pulls Colony Sarf in and says, "This is where it happens. This is how we're going to do it." And I was like, "Okay." And we all bit anyway. <laughs> so then Meanwhile. I was mad <laughs> because I was like, "Oh, I fell for it." And then I was kind of upset that I lost uh, good Davros. <laughs> Even me, though he makes no bones about it. It's yeah, Davros. Oh, yeah. I know how this is going to turn out. Meanwhile, K- Missy is playing with Clara like she is catnip. a catnip. Like she, is, <laughs> like she has trapped a mouse and has forced this mouse to work with her and is just being just malicious with her, but also just as friendly and palsy as can be. <laughs> and I thought that dynamic was wonderful. Yeah. I thought that was... They continued I, it from the la- previous episode. They, I, think they, I think it was even more so in this episode. I think that's part episode. of why I felt that there wasn't the tonal shift. Was It See, was still Clara and Missy together. I, I whereas, think, like, Death in Heaven, it was 
the but Doctor was, and Clara, and then they split off. For it the was final more episode. emphasized in this one. Though. It was. That's why it I think was. again, there's that See, tonal shift. I, I think because Alex it's is, this light, playful to suddenly this really kind of bullying moments where you know you you you, you had that friend in school, or or you knew somebody in school that had friends, and you they treated them poorly. But they still were palsy buddies with him, and that's what Missy was this one. It was so much more this time. I, I would agree there was more. Yeah, yeah. Spike, you want some? We should go get a cat. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, but see. some of it, at least in uh, Jenna's performance for Clara, came across like, all right, I'm going to put up with you because I have to in yeah, order to yeah. save the doctor. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't her choice <laughs> to be palling around with Missy on Scarrow. <laughs> Here's the thing, and I, I mean no disrespect to Jenna's performance. Didn't see it. Because <laughs> I saw it more the, the second time. The bright sunshine spot that was Michelle Gomez and the awesome <laughs> the she exuded pretty much drowned out everything else that happened during her scenes. I don't want to say that she stole the episode, but she stole the episode. <laughs> yeah. Like she just completely and it's it's not because she was over the top campy. It's not because she was it's because she was so much fun to watch. Well and she was the master. Oh yeah. This yeah. This incarnation of the master is probably my favorite. I'm going to I'm just going to go of all the I love Anthony Anley, I love Roger Gatto, I love to a certain extent Eric Roberts. I, you know, all all John of C. the masters that have come before. This all of a sudden is the one where it's like this is what I want. I yeah. want somebody who it's, it's, who it's toes that line of the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. One moment is crazy, but one moment is very calculating, and one moment is very charming, and one moment is and she just it's the nailed conglomeration it of all the way through masters. this. You know, it's, well, how 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 far do you think it is down there? I don't know. Maybe we get a rock push. <laughs> <laughs> and then, did did any of you guys gasp when they said sewers and think oh, we're going to see giant clams? I did. I wondered. I wondered if we would have. I was so disappointed we didn't see giant clams. To follow that great Huck moment up, which is a great laugh, with the, uh, you know, oh, you've got my stick. Yeah, well, maybe I'll just run you through it or whatever she says. And Missy goes, oh, all right, and turns her back on her. Yeah. No, and, and just, she wouldn't do and it. And just waits. And, oh. And then the what almost, so almost the scolding she gives her of if you're going to do this, if you're going to yeah. threaten me, go follow through. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what did this wonderful the, the delivery of this relationship was great because it brought Jenna, it brought Clara's character from this very controlling, very I'm in charge, I can deal with you, all the way down to this, just which is familiar. I'm following you around like a pet. I mean, that's where they went. They went from up here to clear down to here. And it really completely turned uh, Clara on her head because she has come to this really confident, controlling, dominant individual. And she someone more controlling. And, now she's, and-, she, and, 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 and Missy's putting it to her, and she's knocking her down a peg every time we turn around. And I, I lo- I, it, it's, it's, it's disheartening to see Clara be reduced to that. But in the meantime, you're really encouraged, not encouraged, you're really um, impressed by this, just the, the, the writing of this and how they've done this and really kind of knocked her down to a different level. Yeah. And I, I thought it was fantastic. But then, but All the way down to her being inside the Dalek and pleading and, and the voice changing because it's all based on that the emotion. Was a, and what a Ooh. great, for, for just, just a cool scene when Missy's kind of parading around going, we'll say this. 
I love you. Exterminate. I'll say this. And the cliche she has with the responses she's getting. Yeah, and just just how and, and so it really I mean, we couldn't have spelled it out anymore for you. What is it like to be a doll? Like this. <laughs> this is pretty much it. And so you, you, you kind of just file that away as Missy having fun until you get to the end. And it's like, oh, this is the Dalek that killed Clara. Here, you should shoot it. And Clara pleading. And, of course, all that's coming out is... And we're I like, am a Dalek. Oh, I am a Dalek. no. <laughs> yeah. Just, and you have, that, you have that knot in your stomach. Like, how are they going to... How is she going to convince him through this metal armor that is completely devoiding the emotion... And how is he going to? And then the mercy, the mercy. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Although I'm pretty sure Daleks okay. have said mercy before. They have. They, they did. Uh, In fact, they told they, uh, uh, River. River Song. Yeah. Yeah. But but they go on to explain that because the 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 doctor kind of says where where did that where would that why would that be there? Oh yeah. And the that's doctor true. wasn't around when it heard when yeah. when, you, when we heard it explain yeah, mercy. That's true. And so. The doctor instilled that into Davros I as they kind of explained at the end. Yeah, and so I just, yeah, I thought, oh, that works so well. This doesn't have to be the first time a dog said it. It just has to be the first time the doctor heard it. Yeah. And I love that we get a little bit of this role reversal. That um, while, while Missy in part one says, no, I'm not good, and pretty much maintain that. Through the whole thing, despite the fact that we were going along and having fun, and oh, Missy's so great, <laughs> and then she reveals her true color. She didn't reveal anything. She She's, just flat out said, "No, I'm not good." And she told Clara many times throughout this two-parter, "I'm going to kill you at some point." And so for her to try and pull well, that and make the doctor do it, you know. Yeah. Whereas Davros, we get this kind of reversal of, "Oh, maybe Davros is actually good. Maybe he's not such well, a good man." Well, he even guy. says, maybe "I need to know this. before I die." What's that? Am I a, Am good, I man? a good man? And echoed that. Oh. And I was like, "Wow." <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Julian Beach. I wasn't as keen on him in the previous two-parter, but I think he sold he won me over in this. Him. Well, he was shouty, yelly, screamy Davros in uh, Journey's End and, yeah. and, and uh, Stolen, Earth. Stolen Earth and Journey's End. And in this one, he's he actually gets the level-headed, <laughs> calm, maniacal, clever. I mean, just... Wow. Well, he, he, he almost went from... Because uh, in the previous two-parter, he was more... Uh, what's his face? Who played Davros second. The more maniacal, laughing... Is that Michael Wisher? Yes, I think so. No. Wisher was... Um, Wisher was first. Wisher was first. Okay, uh, no. Terry Malloy was Terry Malloy. Terry Malloy. I couldn't remember. I kept wanting to say Malfoy. No, Terry Malloy. Terry and Malfoy. Then, <laughs> and then this time he got to be I was, Wisher. I was yeah. Malfoy. Yeah. <laughs> um, just and 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 what a great! I never thought I'd see Davros crying. I know. Or his actual eyes. I know. That was a. I always kind of assumed that his eyes were just closed just, all, the, all the time. I kept just assumed think, he didn't have any. I kept thinking back, has there ever been a time where they talked about his eyes being burned out of his head? And I wonder if – I think in, I think the thing that, that that can't be rectified is some things, but I can't remember what they are, in, in I, Davros, when we kind of talk about his backstory in Big Finish. Mm. I, I think that he – Referred to the fact that he lost his eyes, but maybe he's referring to the loss of the use of his eyes because he's. I mean, obviously, he, I, all I, of his I, implants were supposed to enhance him. Yeah, I kind of got as that. as bad as he looked. So it makes sense that he would just 
abandoned use. Abandoned use of his, his because personal this one is much his, more powerful. Exactly. Yeah, that's so, what I walked away with yeah, from this episode. No thinking. And what a great visual when he's not in the chair. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. Who knows? Who knew? I kept thinking there were legs down there, and they just didn't oh, work. And even a hand. Yeah. There was no other <laughs> no hand. hand. Then no wonder he wasn't using it. Too. Yeah, and the doctor tries. <laughs> <laughs> That was the I'm greatest moment in the history chairs. of many like, great moments in this episode when he what? rolls in. Admit it, you've all had this same nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone for Dodgems. Uh, wow. That was, yeah, that was great. Um, I felt so justified because the, the, this, this story, oh, I talked a little bit before, this, I was very concerned. I wasn't concerned on the sense that it was they weren't telling a good story. It didn't go where I wanted it to go. It was more of a Moffat did a really good job of convincing me that I didn't have this figured out. Because when I told you last week that Missy is the apprentice and the doctor is the magician, and this is all played out. The doctor knows he's calculating exactly what's happening. And then as this all played out, they had that heartfelt moment for him before between him and the doctor, or between Davros and the doctor, and then suddenly, you know, it's all and when he counted three, I went, there it is. <laughs> I feel justified. <laughs> it is planned. It, it, because we went down that road where you thought, oh, Davros had this all calculated. And this was he a cut. huge ploy by yeah. him. Oh, wait a minute. Though the doctor. <laughs> Which <laughs> I, 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 I go one step further. In, in retrospect now, seeing the second part, Missy was not the apprentice. Davros was. No. I think Davros is the magician's apprentice. Because you can look at this as... Well, he it, learned it everything does, he knows from the doctor does, in a way. It does oh, yeah. work on another level. I think you're right. The, you know, but I think even going back initially. to the young kid, because there, there's you, you can make the argument. Seeing them that, walk away at the end. I mean, it's not. Well, you can make the argument that it's not so much the doctor instilled a sense of mercy into the eventual creation of the Daleks. You could make the argument that the doctor is responsible directly for the creation of the Daleks. Because oh, yeah. here's yeah. this young boy trapped in a minefield, and here this guy shows up with a whisk weapon yelling yeah. exterminate, and he takes out an entire minefield. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. I should research that. What else do we need? Armor. Okay. I mean, you, you, you can you can almost make yeah. the, the, this is now yeah. what is. I, I certainly agree that it can be applied on that level as well, yeah. But just, just the justification of, okay, I had this figured out. Yay. <laughs> And then I went one step further and I went, I know where we're going. I know where we're going with this. And it was the whole prophecy, which we've added another thing to the Gallifrey and the Doctor's mythos. Mm, yeah. And the prophecy being, uh, he spoke of a hybrid, it spoke of a hybrid, hybrid creature, two great warrior races forced together to create a warrior greater than either. And I thought, okay. This must be an actual prophecy founded in, in fact, in, in within the universe, within the mythos, and it's never been it's never been alluded to before. So this is something brand new that Moffat is, is injected into the mythos. And I thought, oh, okay, this is is this what's going to happen? We, this is the fulfillment of this prophecy. And then when the doctor, you realize the doctor is actually in control, and he has done this. He's he's given his energy, life force, in order to rise up the decaying Daleks, in the bottom to overthrow the, the 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 other the new Daleks, the live Daleks, or the still Daleks that still have their faculties. And all that suddenly is resolved. And I thought, oh, okay. Well, that kind of through no, that prophecy still exists. <laughs> and you know who the warrior is that was created in all of this? 
Clara. Clara was in the Dalek. And even though you, uh, my, my, mm. my daughter kept arguing, well, you didn't see the regenerative stuff coming out of her Dalek. And I said, no, you're absolutely right. You because did. it seemed to be affecting the Dalek yeah, skin, exactly. not the Dalek armor. Exactly. But here's the thing. Is I kept saying, I, kept, I said, they're not going to show you that because it's going to be way too obvious that it's affecting her as well. But I think she was affected by that same thing. And I think Jenna's departure will be her regenerating into our next companion, not dying. Hmm. I don't think I don't think she's going to leave. I think she's still going to be there. We're just going to have now she's got Time Lord DNA or regenerative qualities. Time Lord magic, as, as Davros called it, which I thought was really <laughs> cool. That ancient Time Lord magic of regeneration, um, which you know again, it's just magic. We don't science. We don't understand. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, this is my prediction: is that that's how Jenna's leaving, and I think that even leans more to my premonition a few weeks ago when I said I think I know who Maisie Wilson Williams is playing. I think it's Jenna in the future, or uh, uh, Clara in the future. I think that's why she recognizes him. Hmm. A lot of people we'll jump. Well, a lot of people see. are jumping on the idea that that is the master's daughter, since she made reference to her in this episode. That. That's who Maisie's playing. Could be too. I didn't think about that. I hadn't mm. seen that yet. <laughs> anyway, but I, I, I really whether, whether Macy Williams is going to be a regeneration of Clara or not, I think that Clara will turn out to be the big reveal here that she actually mm. is the she warrior was a, that was created, mm. and that the prophecy prophecy was fulfilled. But the doctor thinks that no, I have you. You know, this was a. Uh, self-fulfilling prophecy and i pretty much just thwarted that because i had a different plan and this isn't really what this is yeah and i think a lot of people were supposed to be left with that impression but there's something that missy says and i I was looking because i wish i could remember exactly what it was because holly brought up she said well what was the purpose of putting jenna in the dalek anyway except for to well she said well so putting uh clara in the dalek was that part of the plan and i said no i think that was the one thing that the doctor did not uh, Otherwise, he would have he would have known exactly. why the Dalek was there. And I yeah. said, I think that was Missy still doing her master like thing by putting by she putting her own spin on this. She's changing things around. She's she's fixing it so that you know the Doctor's not t- entirely controlled. She still has a you know a plan of herself, of se- uh, herself a scheme, and so she knew what the Doctor was going to do. And by putting Missy in the Dalek. Let me see. Putting Clara in the Dalek, I think she knew that Clara would then in turn get some of that regenerative energy too. And I also think that, that she was baiting him to kill Clara. But I think that that's, that was part of that connection as well. Because Missy says something to the was effect. It, was it about of, the uh, – I'm pulling up the quote now. Uh, uh, this is – in a way, this is why I gave her to you in the first place, to make you see the friend inside the enemy, the enemy inside the friend. Yeah. Everyone's a bit of both. Everyone's a hybrid. And I think everyone's a bit of both. Everyone's a hybrid. It's supposed to be this kind of poetic moment of you know, showing it. But I think it's also Moffat doing this tiny bit of telegraphing of, here's your hybrid. Hmm. I think it's hmm. clever. And in fact, I think those words will be flashed back to when this is revealed as well. Sorry if I ruined it for anybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> I could be way off base on this. So just, just, just to clarify. I mean, so I River may not be uh, Amy's daughter. It's possible. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> just, just, just so I understand where you're, where you're saying. 
is that Maisie Williams is the regenerated version of Clara yeah. down the road, and that she road. will be the next companion, or no? Well, no. here, let's... That that was what I said a few weeks ago, and then I kind of backed off of that a little bit. And I'm saying that that might even be more to, but I think I'm most concrete on the fact that that Clara absorbed some of that regenerative quality, and that that will endow her with the ability, as a, as the Time Lords do, to regenerate. I'm going to go a step further and say I suspect that that might be who Maisie Williams, could, but that one I'm not concrete on yet. But okay. I am certain that Jenna is the Clara is the fulfillment of the prophecy. That I'm certain of now, based on the and she'll regenerate into the new companion. and she will regenerate to the new companion. So this will be the first time we ever see a companion regenerate, with the exception of Ramon. <laughs> regenerated, I don't know, half a dozen times before she landed on a body she was happy with. But anyway, I, I, I suspect that that's that she is the fulfillment of the prophecy. That's that's the one I'm most concrete on the i think that lends now to my idea that jenna becomes or that uh, uh, clara becomes whatever Maisie, hmm. Maisie's character is and that's why she says that to him interesting and they're going to meet obviously meet the regeneration because clara's in that episode as well so you're going to meet, meet that regeneration before well here's here's a fun thing is we don't know the definitive answer of when Clara's last episode is. No, we don't. We don't know when. We we know that she has finished shooting. We know that at some point in time in season nine, she's gone. And I was reflecting on this today. I was talking with James, and I realized this might be, if they can hold the secret, the the, the, the last time you'll get this. Oh, yeah. Because back in the to, day... To keep it a surprise. Back in the day, you never knew. Oh, yeah. Is this a regeneration yeah. episode? Is yeah. this the last one with my doctor? Or is this the one where the companion leaves? You never knew. And now it's the big media circus, and there's all this information pushed down our throats way ahead of time. But simply by putting it out More there, that, yeah, leaving. she's leaving. Now, I mean, if I have... Uh, my, my suspicion is that it'll be the finale. That Clara will, will disappear at some point in the finale. We'll get River at Christmas and then the next companion next season. I could be you know, way, way, way wrong with that. But that realistically means that from this point out for the next, what do we got, 10 weeks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the next 10 it weeks, happen at any time. every single time Clara's in danger, She's actually this in might danger. be it. So think about that for a minute because this is all of a sudden like, ooh, <laughs> I didn't realize that. I just assumed that the teleport was a teleport and not a disintegration beam. It actually could have been a disintegration beam. Wouldn't that have been <laughs> zap? And then we go and the episode opens, and here's Missy out there on the planet, and she survived. And we look around, there's no Clara. <laughs> and we get to the end of the episode, and the Doctor goes, "Where's Clara? She, goes, she didn't make it." I think the problem with this <laughs> the problem the problem with this right now, though, is we saw enough of the trailer to right, know that no. Clara's in an, at least a number of other episodes. We don't know how many of we those. Don't know how many. Because you're right, there are still ten episodes left. I, I know for a fact she's in a couple that I'm familiar with. Beyond that, uh-huh. yeah, there's yeah, she, could scene. Go she could go at any time, yeah. so that's kind of cool. Once again, I, the episode was not without problem. They they were a little bit smaller, but they were problems nonetheless. Um, I don't know how I feel about the Doctor being able to pull up regeneration energy anytime he wants. That's one of the ones that, that I know I'm, he's done it once before. He's done it yeah. a couple times before. Mo- now. Moffat has, yeah, because uh, once was for River he, Song. He's given, it, he's given it to River twice. Yeah, the one was when he was. Uh, Dying and gave her uh, 
Well, no, she, she was, he, he, was, he was dying and she gave it to him. That's right. That's right. It was the reverse. And then when he gave it to her in uh, I can Angels excuse that one a little bit more because it was, she was fresh off her generation. Yeah, yeah. So there's Romana's kind of given us a, you can have some flexibility when you freshly regenerate. Well, that's even, how I can retcon all of her different forms. She's not burning <laughs> through regenerations. She's tweaking. Yeah. Kind of how he could grow a new hand. Exactly. Back. Just like in Christmas yeah. uh, Invasion. But the fact that the doctor, not close to regeneration, was able to heal uh, River's hand and then also pull think, up the, for this. I, 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 I think, I though, that the other thing that, can, that, that I can fudge it with is the fact that in Last Christmas – no, no, uh, the, the one before that. Uh, 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 time of the Doctor. The Time Lords just – this was well, the first time we've yes, seen the Time Lords just true. grant new regenerations. And so he used that regenerative uh, energy in order to even use, uh, use against the Daleks in that one. Yeah, destroy the enemies. It's a whole and new so whole new rules. We don't exactly. Know what these new so rules I, I, are. I can yeah. kind of fudge the fact that maybe now he does have that. He's got a little more control over that regenerative energy, whatever the the Time Lords gave to him. So I can kind of say, okay, and we I mean, don't know is it a new set? Not, is it exactly. a unlimited? It's, and it's not solid enough. It's not solid enough evidence. But at, at the very least, we don't know yet. That's a way to retcon it a little bit, yeah. at least for now, right? Until we get sold. So I, I have to admit, though, I did feel a little uncomfortable. And he was just casually rubbing his hand. But he was kind of doing this, yeah. Which again, played back in with the the magician and right. you know Dabbers, yeah. the, the magic of right. regeneration and pulling that off, which was kind of cool. Ancient gal or ancient time lord magic of regeneration. Love um, that. Oh, I just lost it. The um, <laughs> you were talking without without it, it, it was without its it's not without, its, without problems. its problems. And you were talking. He brought up the regenerative energy and oh, Colony Sarf was kind of shoved to the back in this one. <laughs> now, he wasn't useless because he, well, he was, was there, the mechanism. Well, there, and that was part of the, of the trap. That was all. Yeah, that was part of, he was part of the trap. So, yeah. um, was the ch- the chair that the doctor was sitting in, was that him as well? That was the other thing that I thought was interesting. That the only other chair on Scaro made me wonder if that was, I mean, you could have obviously just had him sitting there. On the and floor not even, not even, having, well, no, no, you could have uh, had him oh. in a chair and just not even mentioned it. But to point to the fact that there was a chair, did, is that Moffat going, oh, somebody's going to say, why <laughs> hey, is there that, another chair I think, on Scarrow so they don't was. need it? Or is it a, there's a reason why there's another chair there? I, I don't know. I, that, I think you're jumping at shadows. Maybe. I, th- I think it maybe. was a, the people are going to uh, nail me to the wall about this chair. Why is there a chair here? Yeah. Because yeah. we didn't like have it. a chair on Scarrow in the first one. when They were they were just sitting on the floor, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. Here, here, and it's, it, it provided a great line of dialogue. Yeah. I mean, it, it was fun. <laughs> Um, why did we get the the, the backstory of the the teleport? Because people were gonna how how do they survive? Okay, so here's they wanted that explanation. Moffat wanted to give the concrete answer. So my, here's my problem though: is that you gave us five minutes on what we all kind of presumed was well, it was a teleport. We got five minutes of explanation on that. But not one shred of concrete proof on why Scarrow is still here. 
Um, they rebuilt it, it. it. Yeah, that was what? that was the one line is that they rebuilt. They rebuilt it. It. Yeah. the planet, the city, the, yeah. the star. Which is what? funny that we talked about that last week. That you know the hand of Omega could have done something to the sun that wiped out the surface of Scar and right. didn't necessarily destroy it as we've all kind of imagined that it just completely wasn't exist anymore. It just was obliterated. It may have just complete. And it, I still like the fact that I think that when they were there for the uh, asylum, that it was. Basically, in a, in a new genesis, and and that's why there was ice on the planet because it was going through a new problem. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, you're right. We didn't get, but that. that's that's one of those things that's well, like it didn't don't bother me so much. I appreciate yeah. the fact that you're going to nail this down for the people who are screaming from yeah. your head and saying, <laughs> "Why doesn't he explain this?" Okay, okay. here. But also, but the, <laughs> the teleportation scene where she's telling the story, the I think that is designed to, to solidify the idea that the doctor is always. Presuming he will survive. It's more about he's that always, than the actual television. Exactly, yeah, that's sure. what it is. Yes. Because that comes full circle at the end when the doctor starts counting down and you realize this is another instance where he is still ahead of the game. He's, he's always to survive. He's, he's yeah. always playing to survive, and this is another instance. So to me, while that seemed a little bit of a okay, we've dropped this in there and it seems like a little too much to explain the teleporters, it's also a foreshadowing in such a way that is going to pay off later. I didn't think that until we got to that, and then I was suddenly satisfied with the fact that we went into that whole uh, Escher painting, MC <laughs> Escher painting. And, well, and it makes well, sense, too, because at no point in time, at no point in time have we ever seen Davros not surrounded by Daleks. Oh, yeah. It just it doesn't happen. So when you get the message, Davros wants to see you, <laughs> that yeah. that's that part of the package. Right. It's like, oh, you're going to go visit your, your 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 cousin. That means I'm going to have to deal with her kids. That just yeah. you know <laughs> that just comes with it. So the doctor had to have known. At no point in time did he go into this thinking it's just Davros right, and right. Snake Guy. No, right. it's Davros and Snake Guy and a whole well, bunch that, of Daleks. So yeah. I've got to have a contingency and, plan. And they for call sure. it Scaro, but what proof do we have that it's not just a recolonized planet that they took over some other planet and put a city on it? If if the actual planet itself had been destroyed, why couldn't they have recolonized another planet? Well, and why was it invisible? Well, too? they have recolonized other planets, and they've never called them Scaro. So, uh, but it, but if their previous planet is now destroyed completely, where they did, did no, they, they recolonized after, after Scaro oh, okay. in, in the Big Finish story. Oh, they okay. talk about well, they took over another different... galaxy. Yeah, they, oh, they yeah, that's took, right. pretty much took over a galaxy and didn't rename anything Scaro. So. But um, why did they? Why would it have to be invisible too? Other than the cool reveal. What was well, it's a when, when, when Scarrow suddenly materialized? Tied the fact that it was still there. That it still I, I got the imp- I got the impression that it was kind of a it's a rebuilding moment. You don't want you want to basically regarner your armies. The other thing that I think that a reason it has to be Scarrow is because there was so many. They're not dead, but the the graveyard was oh, so yeah, full. Okay. It yeah, has to be point. Scarrow because yeah. it had to be a number of years for that many. Uzi Daleks to be in the sewers, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. When they went down the sewers, my, my first thought was I flashed to the comic release special. <laughs> Curse of Fatal Death when the master falls down <laughs> through the hole and he spends all that time in the Dalek sewers. Oh, and the Tercerous like, sewers. This is it. And that was Moffat that wrote it. A very different kind of sewer, but still a sewer on Scarrow. <laughs> So what do we think Missy is up to with the, the ending? I have an idea. 
That I don't know. Missy's going to team up with the Daleks and do what? I'm sort of glad that I don't know because I think that, that that's another element. What I had hoped for, what I really had secretly hoped for, and this kind of, I don't know that I believe the rumors that Eight is coming back in the series this season, but in my mind, I wanted this to be the... Although they, 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 I guess they say he was taken back to Scarrow and put on trial. I wanted this to somehow tie into <laughs> oh. she was captured and put on trial, and now Seven's going to come back and pick up her essence, and he doesn't realize that. Although in the shot from Doctor Who the movie, we do see what appears to be a man standing in the shackles. So yeah. I just, but I, I just had that moment of wow. Talk about wibbly wobbly timey wimey. <laughs> this is the moment when the, the the master is put on trial and then executed. And then so, wibbly wobbly timey wimey seven, his past self is going to have to come get the and wouldn't know why, just that he was put on trial <laughs> on Scarrow and take and wouldn't know that he regenerated into a woman because by the time he got there he didn't take the remains. So I just it was it was one of those oh that would have been so brilliant. That <laughs> would explain why. The- the doctor is the one going to pick up his remains. Yeah, exactly. Millions <laughs> of fanboys screaming out in terror. <laughs> I, I I actually enjoy that aspect of it because I, I think it once again Moffat is doing his part to kind of help tie in the classic series, mm-hmm. and and this to me is just one more solidification for Doctor Who the movie that the Master requests the Doctor to come pick up his remains and and yeah, transport yeah. him home. And the doctor sends the master the it's confession disc. Yeah. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. it just okay. There's there's just a nice semblance of, of balance to that. Um, I don't know. I, I I know there are people out there that are not happy with this two parter, and I can't really fathom why. I don't you know, why. It's, it's, it is it, adult Doctor Who. I mean, I'll it's, tell you, it's really right now, I though, well written. If you if you look online, the wealth of people loved this. There are a few out there that have problems with it, which is the exact opposite of last season. I, a lot of the people that I saw that were complaining about last season are now absolutely loving the first two episodes of this series and saying this really is great. This is they're well, back. To, the he's doc- back on on par. He's this is Peter Capaldi has found his legs as the character, yeah. and, and it's, so, it's the Doctor they're I, familiar with. Now. There are people out there with problems with. It. There's always going to be though. There's we we've talked about episodes that we've just gushed all over that we couldn't figure out why people didn't like it either. So I mean. And there there's always going to be those people out there. And I'm actually, I'm actually very heartened by the fact that there are fewer people out there that are saying, oh, this is terrible, Doctor Who stinks now, Moffat should quit, Peter Capaldi's not a great doctor. There are much fewer saying that. So I'm actually very much loving the fact that it seems like these two stories have really hit a good number of fandom and brought a lot of people back in the fold that were, that were falling away, so... I'm not even going to bother with that little tiny, that little <laughs> Don't tiny. Don't let that negativity that in your life. Tiny negativity people. to heck with them. They can <laughs> just stay away from Doctor Who. No. <laughs> I, um, I know it did not perform well in the ratings this week, but it was also up against um, World Cup final or something. <laughs> The sports. There was, there was something what sports. The World Cup for him, the final that was a few months ago. I don't know. There's something sports that something happened sports. over there, and and apparently that even 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 that bumped Dancing with the Stars into second place, and so that was kind of big, you know, big news because this was the the lowest 
uh, four point something million, which was the lowest numbers for Doctor Who viewing since the show came back. But I think, what but we'll, again, it doesn't count in well, the iTunes or the repeats. What, what or we'll the, see, well, what yeah. we'll see this week is what they also do then is they count they count eyes on screen is what they do this mm-hmm. weekend, and then what they do is they figure in the iPlayer. Uh, returns and yeah. a lot of times when there's a low turnout for that, that you'll find huge. that the iPlayer is yeah. huge. And so I think what that's going to happen is I think we'll see the numbers balance out because a lot of people will realize a live sporting event against something that I can watch anytime this week on iPlayer. Right? Absolutely, I'm going to yeah. watch Doctor Who later on iPlayer. So we'll find that this does a big rebound as far as numbers go. Well, Doctor Who, I think at least certainly here, um, it, it fits into that. It's not necessarily, I don't want to say it's not event TV, but because of how it's, you know, on, being that you have to go to BBC America or you have to go to the, the, the BBC player in other countries or whatnot, that it becomes a challenge to catch it when it's actually being aired in some cases. Yeah. And so I think that's you one of make the more things of an effort. That, that, you know, you're, I think you're going to find more people paying for the, the iTunes season pass or whatever well, format that you're getting in order to be able to watch it that may not be That's the nature of television. And, in fact, I think we've, we're on an antiquated system, even here in the United States, as far as Nielsen goes, is we're on this antiquated season, or, uh, this antiquated uh, system of we look at numbers, eyes on screen. You can't do that anymore. In the advent of, of DVR and Hulu and all of these other services where you can get your, your, your shows after the fact and watch it at your convenience, we need to figure out a new way to track these numbers, and they haven't done. Now Nielsen does start to look at the DVR number, you know, codes and things like that, or uh, numbers and things like that. But yeah, I, we're, it's really hard to. It's really hard for me to get discouraged by yeah. ratings, and I think I think that the networks put a way too much stock in an antiquated system. I agree. They need to figure out a way to do it better. Um, and, in, and include everything in this new age that we've moved into as far as how we consume our television. So. Yeah, was it? Um, is that a possibility? You think maybe down the road was you know if the BBC winds up becoming this defunct entity that is no longer necessarily in charge of the production of this kind of stuff? Do you foresee? I mean, we talked about you know BBC America just stepping up and footing the bill for the rest of it, but is that something maybe? Hulu or Netflix or somebody else might just jump on it and say, okay, we're going to bring the show on. And then all of a sudden we'll get, you know, season 10 will come out and you'll be able to digest it all at once. Well, it in certainly one chunk. Can. It's possible. The, the, the yeah, way that Keith was talking about, about subscriptions-based yeah, subscription service. service, it's the same thing. So I think that's the first step for the BBC is to See, create also, a different entity where they're not publicly funded anymore and make them privately funded by generating a revenue stream where, you know, if you want it, you you pay for it individually, so that you don't you're not asking everybody to do it. it I think it's the same thing as if Hulu or Netflix did that. You're still talking about what Keith was referring to. In I got gotcha. you. So, and yeah. uh, Netflix is the only one that does pretty much all season at once. Yeah, because like Community on thing. Yahoo yeah. was a week at a time. Yeah. Uh, Mindy Project now on Hulu is a week at a time. So yeah. they could, they'd still probably be a week at a time. Just that way, they get more people coming. To their service every week. That's why I'm to, not. I'm not. I'm not concerned about Doctor Who going away right now because it is on such a high and it's doing so well that there's always going to be those safety nets out there. I mean, it generates the season pass for iTunes. Apple generates a ton of money for them. They get them if you buy the season pass, and there's a lot of people that buy season passes because they don't have BBC America or they don't live in the UK, and so that's how they get their Doctor Who. There's so many services out there that there, there's somebody's going to grab this. There's no way that Doctor Who is going away at this time. Now, if it if it if it fails on its own, then yeah, it'll go away. But if, as long as it continues to be a viable, solid storytelling device, 
and it has good writing and it has good episodes and it has good uh, performances, don't worry. Your Doctor Who is not going anywhere very soon. So Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. What do we got coming up next on the schedule? Well, next week on the schedule, the three of us will be winging our way down to Wichita. Not really winging. We'll be driving. Uh, You're not, you guys aren't flying? We're not flying. I, I, I'm driving to Kansas City. I'm flying down to Mid-Continent. What is it now? Eisenhower? Is that what they call it? I don't know. Eisenhower Airport. I booked a private plane out of Forbes. Oh, you actually. did? Yeah. Oh. Well, you should let me know before I bought my tickets. I'd have just flew with you. Yeah. Flew with you. Would have helped cut the cost of gas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. My ticket was probably cheaper than your. Well, maybe not nowadays. <laughs> we're we're going to Wichita, uh, Kansas, for Time Eddie, and there are still opportunities apparently uh, for you to get tickets if you are in the neighborhood or would like to be in the neighborhood and make an excuse to come to the neighborhood. Come see us. Um, do we know? Are we going to attempt to do any of our panels? Um, Live or is well, that... we need to see what the setup's like yeah, at the convention okay. first. There's far too many factors in there for me to say, yeah, we're going to do that. We may be live next week. <laughs> keep keep an eye on the on the feeds. Uh, that's of course Twitter and blah blah blah. All that uh, we'll be doing uh, Friday night. Who uh, this week is Tomb of the Cybermen? Uh, in celebration of the fact that we will be doing a panel with Deborah Watling, who played Victoria. Uh, so we'll be doing that, and then uh, obviously our, our show next week we'll be discussing um, the new episode Under the Lake, and we'll have our thoughts on Time Eddie and how all that went, and maybe some side trips or I'm not sure exactly how that'll pan out. But again, keep an eye on the feeds. Uh, the following week is Warriors of the Deep for Friday Night Who, and then episode 250 in the middle of season nine, and I have nothing planned. <laughs> have we had anything planned for anniversaries in the past? Nope. Then it won't be a surprise that we don't have. Maybe we'll have cake. Okay. Just for that, that maybe we good. will have cake. On well, the if I've talked you into handing over some car- cold hard cash for a cake that I've won, <laughs> we'll have cake and gold medal ribbon. Ooh, that's, oh, that's a force big the dance throwback. <laughs> force the dance on me. Uh, and of course, our discussion of before the flood. So. Um, New Who, man, it's on. Enjoy it if um, you know you are so inclined uh, and would like a basket of goodies. It's not a real basket, Alex. You don't have to worry about that. When, 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 not not that I wouldn't love to send you an actual basket of, of, of stuff for your your Patreon <laughs> it's gift. It's not as feasible. You're right. It's not feasible. But even I do, here in the states, I do have a, a nice flat package that I can squish into an envelope, and I think maybe. You know, we'll tie it to some carrier pigeons or something. We'll get it to you. So if you want, and I still have a, a call out uh, to some people who have not given me their addresses. So um, please, if you are supporting us on Patreon, uh, give me your address and I'll get you your stuff. If you are not supporting us on Patreon, please consider doing so. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. <laughs> <laughs>